Hello, and welcome back to the Fourier Baseball Podcast. It's it's been a minute. I've been driving. Just I've I've only parked today. I've only been driving for two weeks. I've listened to a couple of y'all's podcasts, but it is nice to talk to you guys. How are you guys doing? Doing I'm doing fantastic. We are just uh two hours removed from the Giants sweep of the Dodgers. Just like Brad has disappeared, the Dodgers talent has also disappeared. Stevs, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm excited to talk with Brad baseball. I mean, baseball is pretty important, and uh, we all like it, right? So that's what we're here to talk about. I mean, considering how this weekend's gone, I'm not sure I like baseball. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's been a while. I've gone on a few Dodgers spiels in my head and my ventures across the country. Um, it's bad. But hey, there's a lot of other fun stuff going on in the baseball world, like the St. Louis Cardinals. They won a series against the Mets. Hey, man, that that looked like good offense. And me and Steph talked about this last episode. I don't know if you remember, um, Brad, but they are, um, as a team, top 10 in pitching and batting war. Um, yet they have one of the worst records in baseball. I think it's only a matter of time before they put it together. Yeah, but um, the thing is, you're looking at their pitching, right? I, I'm going to group it by teams. I heard your whole, I heard it when I listened and I was like, I know that's right because you're literally looking at fan graphs, right? But if you yeah. go and look at their starting pitching war, it's 17th. It's almost like at the beginning of the season, I was like, this team could be really good if they had starting pitching, but they chose not to. But at the same time, there wasn't many good options this off season. Talk about guys like Rodon who are injured. It was still a good um, option at the and, time. And, and the Grom. Um, um, I mean, Evaldi. Evaldi, yes. But that was a big dice roll. I actually I advocated for the Cardinals to get Evaldi. I remember that. Um, That didn't work out. Uh, and look at this. Absolute bombshell uh, in St. Louis. Um, Do you think they look at their, their advanced stats, their stats on the surface, their everything, and they realize that they're not actually this bad and that they should go by at, at the deadline, even if they're in a position to sell? I don't, whether it's the ego of the front office or the knowledge that they may be a little bit better under the surface, I don't think the St. Louis Cardinals are willing to sell. Yes. With that said, if you want a representation of how the Cardinals are doing this year, Nolan Arenado has a negative outs above average. It's weird, but he has been heating up. He has 15 home runs. He just hit two today. But that um, doesn't include his glove. Strange, yeah. I I think he's going to come back. He's going to be, be all right. But okay, but it's, it's also weird. like last year, he had a 339 expected Woba, and right now he's at a 337. So he's kind of just performing to where he was expected to be last year. Obviously, his strikeout rate was not sustainable. But here's the big thing that my ponderous adventures have inquired. Paul Goldschmidt. How big of his trade deadline piece is he? He's huge. And I, I've seen a lot of people talk about him. And I don't I, I think he's he's a pretty obvious pick to be traded, but the Cardinals are already pretty stacked when it comes to younger players. Um granted, if you get rid of Paul Goldschmidt, that's kinda a, a big piece of your offense gone. Uh you know, reigning MVP and all. But if they're not doing anything, I don't see why they don't trade him. He's only got what one more season on this contract. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he's someone that could win you a World Series, even if you're not even like. I'm telling you, he's 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 one of the biggest offensive pieces you could get in the game right now. Um, whether that's sustainable for multiple seasons, I don't know. But for a good postseason run and maybe another season after, because that's what he's he's his contract. That that's pretty valuable, and I, I would give up some pretty big prospects to get that. So, says what are you thinking? I agree with Brad. I think the Cardinals just have too much pride as an organization to trade at the trade deadline. Um, and you talked about it last episode. Do you think like this will be the first like under five hundred team to or like like last place team to be buyers at the deadline? And I, I think I don't know. I don't know what they're gonna do because I don't think they're gonna sit and hold their hand. But I, the best the best decision for them to do is is to trade at the trade deadline. Trade Goldschmidt, try and see if they can get some pieces back. They have they have one of the top systems, and it, it would be very beneficial to kind of clear out some space. You could have Jordan Walker come in and play consistently 
and stuff like that. And I, I think overall it would be a better decision for the franchise. But And you can also get pitching. And that's exactly what they need. They need starting pitching. Yeah, Brad, someone that probably knows the minor league the best out of all of us, are there any names that come to mind uh, when it comes to young starting pitching that can I mean, maybe be moved? The organizations I was thinking of that, like, you got to think of organizations with the best prospects um, just across MLB. And you think about it, it's probably the Rays, even though they're not, they're not going to trade for Paul Goldschmidt. They are probably a top pitching organization. The Guardians, but I don't think they're a Paul Goldschmidt away from competing. The Dodgers, it doesn't make any logical sense. Maybe the Phillies in place of Reese Hoskins, considering that Hoskins is out for the year. But then you have the whole situation where Harper's supposed to come back and be a first baseman. But right now he's serving as the DH. If Harper gets healthy, your DH spot has to be Schwarber, Castellanos, or Harper. Schwarber's on pace to have a negative war season and hit 50 bombs. So it makes sense to go out and get Paul Goldschmidt, but I don't know if Bryce Harper's arm's going to be ready to put him in the outfield to open up the DH slot for someone else. Yeah, and I mean, I was looking frantically looking up uh, Philly's pitchers there while you were speaking. I didn't know if you mentioned, but they have guys like Mick Abel and uh, Andrew Painter. I don't know if they're going to move Andrew Painter. That's probably the least likely scenario, but I think Mick Abel could be moved um if if anyone but because the phillies don't have a bad pitching farm you know they're actually decent at developing and they've spent a lot in like building up that front office part and like i'm just trying to think teams that like it logically makes sense as well like the marlins would never do it but it makes sense the giants it makes sense but i don't think they have the prospect capital to do it because i don't think you guys are willing to depart from kyle harrison and that's who it would cost yeah, I'm just trying to think of other teams. I mean, you think D.L. Hall could be moved from the Orioles? I mean, he doesn't have enough value. Yeah, he's he's too young. Um, I mean, there's not not much that comes to mind. I mean, that's how it works. I mean, the better team you are, usually the worst farm system you have, unless you're like a team like the Rays or the Giant or the Dodgers. But like, I I I don't know. I don't I don't I don't see it happening. And we talk about this. We talk about this hypothetical, but and we talk about the Cardinals not wanting to do or you know being an active market team, but in the offseason last year, they really didn't do much. You know, they didn't really address what they needed to address. And I, I, I honestly don't believe they're going to do it again. They just signed Wilson Contreras when they needed pitching. So why would they go do what they need to do? Well, I think the fact of the matter is, is that they went out and they did address a need in the form of a catcher in Wilson Contreras. It just wasn't their only need. And you look at their injured list right now, and it's Tyler O'Neill and it's Lars Newbar, two pretty competent outfielders, like major league level outfielders, who Lars Newpars had a not as good as a season as we thought, but still a respectable season. Tyler O'Neill hasn't been great this year. There's no sugarcoating it. But when you have them come back, that takes away playing time from Jordan Walker. And I don't think it's fair to say this, but Jordan Walker is such a high-helded prospect that he's losing value by trying to figure out the outfield right now. It's much easier for him to go figure out first base. Yeah, I mean, I would rather him have an offensive breakup before he becomes, you know, this, like, five-tool type of guy. Um, Stez, you said to say something? What do you guys think about the Rangers? I know they're first in the AL West, but they do have the pitching capital, pitching prospect capital, and if you slot, like, a Goldschmidt at first, and then you could throw Lau at the DH or something like that, I think that could work. Correct me if I'm wrong, though. I think Nathaniel, I think he's a decent defender. I think he um, is, too. But he, yeah, like, he's in the 93rd percent. Like, if anything, you put Goldschmidt in the DH yeah. spot, but I don't think you pay that much for a DH because I think their big, the Rangers' biggest issue is the bullpen, and that's where right, like, they will be spending on a bullpen arm. Yeah, and that's just fair too. Think, I'm just, think, I'm just throwing hypotheticals out. No, there. Like, I, I get that completely, but I, it's also the fact they have Justin Foskey in the system, who, if you're familiar with, like middle infielder, third baseman, can probably pick it at a corner if they need it. But Josh Young's up there; he's been fantastic. It doesn't make sense to disassemble that offense. Yeah, when you have the number two offense in baseball, only behind one of the most historic, you know, offenses we've seen in a minute. Uh, I don't think it's that deep. I think it's the bullpen that needs help. I think there's a guy out there. There's multiple guys out there that could be moved. I think main one being a Chapman right now, who's somehow back up to 104. 
Um, I mean, they're number six in team pitching war. I'm assuming the bullpen's a little worse, but they're getting good production from guys that I didn't think would be producing for them. I remember in our preseason previews were like, who are these guys? You know, a lot of, a lot of no names, but Will Smith, Will Smith has been pitching well and the rest of the bullpen has been filling in the gaps too. And there's also some newer faces like um, Tavares and uh, the other outfielder I'm forgetting uh, on off on the offensive okay. side that have been filling in very well too. Hmm. I'll look up who I'm thinking of, but you guys keep you going. You mean Adolis? No, no, not Adolis. Robbie right, Grossman? One moment. Hold on. Hey, Robbie Grossman would be the answer. I don't think he's been that good. Bubba Thompson? Oh, he's Bubba a shortstop. Thompson? Ezekiel Durant. Sorry, it was a shortstop. Uh, They've both been filling in very well. Um, and that's not to mention everyone else on the team has been doing well. There's no weak spot in this offense. I don't I don't see them having a need to do this. To go out and get <laughs> Paul Goldschmidt. I don't think they do either, but like imagine adding Paul Goldschmidt to that type of offense. But then you're blocking someone that deserves to be there. I I don't know. You're you're blocking someone. Adding firepower to firepower. Hmm. Brad is Brad is contemplating. What if? Look at that. Just hear me out, right? There is a team that Paul Goldschmidt was very very good on for a couple of seasons. Yeah. 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 And. They could really use a power bat outside of Christian Walker. Arizona Diamondbacks. I had a feeling you were hinting at this. No, I um <laughs> this, do you think this could be a mutual deadline trade? You know, like a like a two active roster type of player, like a trade, you know, where they where they trade for both things that they need, then they're both in contention for a spot. I think by that I don't think the Cardinals are in contention for a spot. So you think they're gonna go for younger guys? I think they're going to they go move? for the who? Move. Fought. Move in return. Fought. Yeah. Fought. Fat. I mean, Arizona, Um, where are they at? They're 15th in pitching war, and they are 7th in batting war. The pitching's been okay, Um, but does, does Goldschmidt fix your problems? Does it make you a true title contender? You just need who's going to make your lineup deeper in the postseason. And it's also like, I don't think the Diamondbacks have the pitching staff for a run, but you only need two people to get hot. You really only need two. And they have Gallon and Kelly. Merrill Kelly has been fantastic again. Under the hood doesn't look great, but it looks exactly how it did last year. And he's still being, excuse me, pitching good how he did last year. I'm a little disappointed from some of the younger pitchers on this team. Agreed. Um, I'll double check, but. I mean, I was excited to see um, was it Dre Jameson. Mm-hmm. He's he's been doing better. Um, Joe Mantiply is not repeating what he did last year. He's on the older side though. Um, let's see, Andrew Chafin, big, big country. country. He started the year pretty bad, but now he's you know he's he's going back to what he was before. It's been um, McGuff, Castro, and Chafin has been their goal their go to bullpen. Zach Davies is rivaling um, Patrick Corbin level numbers here. Um, he's been Pretty pretty mediocre, if not been getting worse every game. Brad, what are your thoughts on Zach Davies? He is a major league baseball pitcher who eats up innings. He's bad. He's a he's a five starter. That's what he is. And every yeah. I think every wild card team, and I think that's more of what the Diamondbacks are, are is a wild card team that is just playing very well right now. Which is still very good for them. And the National League is just something right now. Every wild card team has a five starter, right? The Dodgers have Noah Syndergaard. The Giants have Ross Stripling. The Diamondbacks have Zach Davies. Like it's the guy that comes on the mound. And you're like, I know he's going to go six innings, but he's, we're not going to win this game. So yeah, I mean, that's pretty. That's pretty bad when you're in the when you're in a postseason run, though. I mean, uh, I don't know. Time when you get into those types of postseason runs, you shorten your rotation. Yeah, three, you guys haven't guys. mentioned you haven't mentioned any uh like AL East teams buying in yet. Okay, um, well, let's let's, let's it, talk about the AL East, just how it's how it's been recently. Because again, it's been a minute, right? The Rays, first of all, have played four more games than the Orioles. Don't know what that's about. Um, the Rays, I think the division's over. Oh, uh, I I think it's a little safe to say. I mean, it's it's a little early, but it's also pretty safe to say. I don't know. I, I Baltimore just lost two out of three to the Cubs. Now, granted, the Giants just did that, and then you went on a hot streak. But like, 
It's a little little weird. Um, but the Cubs I mean, have I also guess... been playing good recently. That is true. That is true. Tom, you remember they... that? Tom, you remember? You remember? Remember we talked about it. Steves, if you put this team in any other division in baseball, they would be no. Actually, but sorry, we're not. AL we're putting. It's the. I, I don't care. I do not care. It's the. They're in the NL Central. Tom and I talked about it, and <clears> I said they have the Pittsburgh. They have to finish off the series against Pittsburgh. Then they have the Orioles, which will be a tough series. But if they can win two out of three there, then they're on a good pace. And then they just need to sweep in Pittsburgh. If they sweep in Pittsburgh, they are in the race for the NL Central. If they sweep Pittsburgh, they're a game out of first, given that everyone else yeah. loses out. So Cincinnati is a game, is a half game back of the, the central. I mean, it's not saying that Cincinnati actually have a positive but... run differential though. Barely. I don't uh, think run differential means anything in the central. I mean, something in the central. Mind. I I mean, everyone in the central has a negative run differential. That says a lot, except for the Cubs. So, says so I think the Cubs will not finish with over seventy five wins. I I mean, I don't think so. I don't know. I'm it's so saying, hard to tell. I'm, I'm not, at this point in time. I'm not saying they're a good team, but I'm saying they have a chance to win the central. I think whoever wins 85 games wins that division. I mean, yeah, it's a really low bar. I'm pretty sure. I, I think, I mean, while the AL Central's bad, it's it's very low heavy too. I think the Dodge, I mean, I think the um, the Tigers and the Royals have both finished with like about 90, 95 win- losses, if not more. Royals, I'm looking at you. You know, but, the Tigers are in third, right? Yeah, and they're still under 500. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's pretty bad. Um. But in this division, I think if you win, if you go 500, you're you're within a game of the of the lead. I'm I'm not even joking. I think it's, I think that division is more the NL Central is more interesting than AL Central just because it is more competitive. I think any one of those teams can win the division. I'm so close. Don't to write them off yet. Of, they have the Cardinals have seven games because right. in seven games it'll be 81 games into the season. No, sorry, nine games. Nine games. They'll be nine games. And nine games, it'll be 81 games into the season. If the Cardinals don't win five out of those nine, they might it might be their own Undertaker TikTok post. Well, I mean, someone else is crawling out of the freaking um someone's crawling out of the never mind. Never mind. I was gonna say someone's crawling out of the graveyard and it's the White Sox, but they're that's the team who's below the Tigers. I know, but they they're thirty one and forty two, and they're five and a half games out. That that is horrible. Okay, let's remember the fact though that five and a half games out means that they win six and everyone else in that division loses six. They're still eleven games under five hundred. Brad, look at look at the rest of the teams. No one else. Oh, is, I see. No, one, no one's above five hundred. I, I see, it's, it's, but it's they're possible. saying five and a half games out, but they're, you know, well, yeah, but. It, Obviously, yes, but if if it was if it if we were six games before the season ended, I'd be like, it's impossible. They have to lose out. But that, that's how that works. Half, you creep back. You, you know I'm saying you you have time to creep back. It's going to be slow, but this division is is so bad. How do it's, you expect the White Sox to do that when they have their the starters strike out win. sixteen and they lose? Lance Lynn. Let's talk about why he's a sticky stuff abuser. I'm telling you right now, there's no way he just randomly comes out one day. It's the Mariners, though. Spin That's rates. not a bad offense. Yeah. Greg, can you get the spin rates on that? I'm pulling it up. Yeah. We're going to get those stats while I talk about um, – we're just, we're just leapfrogging this one again. Um, the LA I Angels. Know. I know. I just want to talk about hot Hello. Right Hello. Brad, Brad, you're back. Welcome okay. Back. The fastball was down 146 RPMs today. The only pitch that was up at all was his changeup, the only pitch you don't want to go up in RPMs. Yeah. Lance, what, what, what's he doing, man? I don't understand how he's, how does this correlate at all? You're on, dude. The, yeah, the, the the Mariners are not a bad team. I get their five hundred right now, but like, uh, Mariners this year are not that good of a team. Scary offense, man. I Mariners. He had a fifty-four percent whiff percentage today. Yeah, that's um a thirty-eight percent CSW percentage. Can you get his averages in the season for those? Because he does not he, – he hasn't really done that at all this season. In fact, he's been pretty bad. Yeah, he has been bad, but he'll be interesting on a contender. I mean, he might give up eight. He might strike out 16. You never know. Or he might do both. Lance. All right, Tom, continue on with your Los Angeles Angels. They're hot. And you know who's not hot? The Astros. They're slipping. Angels jumping up a little bit. They, they jumped them. 
Are they in the play? Yes, they're in the playoffs. The Angels are in the playoffs. They're currently in the wild card um, for second place. Uh, let me let me just provide this question. Uh, if Shohei wasn't on this team, uh, how many how many wins would they have right now? Thirty. Not that many. Yeah, thirty sounds about right. I, I literally I think, think Shohei. I, I think their their think record would be flipped. They'd be thirty three and forty one. I yeah. think I think I think Shohei literally has won them about ten games so far this season. Um, and Trout, him and Trout. You Trout. Know, you okay. were, yeah. Trout. You, you guys were. I go ahead. Trout's been heating up recently. Slumpy boy. Yeah, he's, he's good. He's all right. Um, and it's been unlucky too. He's still making really good contact. So it's yeah, everything expected wise has him being better than he is. Yeah. And I'm. I know at the beginning of the season, you guys both picked Shohei to be MVP, and that was really boring of you guys. But uh, I didn't pick him because I thought I, I I put him off limits because it was a free it was a freebie, and you know who I picked, right? You yeah, I, yeah, he's doing pretty good. I don't think it's possible to, to beat out Shohei, but I think it's over. It's over. I'm it's it's pretty much over unless Shohei unless Shohei goes down with that yeah monstrous yeah. injury. Knock on wood right now, says. Um, but I mean. He's just been unstoppable, and he's gonna hit. He's on pace for like what is it, fifty-five home runs now. I mean, yeah. Um, while putting up a good pitching season, probably not not as good as last season, but you know he's been looking good out there. Uh, the best on his team. That doesn't say too much, but looked like the best in every stat. Just just want to pull up his stats really quick. That's cool. He's pretty good. I think the thing with him is. You have voter fatigue, but you hear the thing, oh, he hits Andy pitches. It's the same line over and over again, and it gets overused. But the fact of the matter is it's so unique that no matter how often it's used, the dude is still fantastic. He's a unicorn. I mean, you look at guys, you look at the home run leaders, all the home run leaders are batting like 150, Kyle Schwarber, Matt Olson, you know, Max Muncy, those losers. Sorry. Um and then you got Shohei, the leader, who's batting 300 with 24 home runs, while also having the highest OPS in baseball. I think qualified now. I don't know if Aaron Judge has fallen off because yeah, he hasn't played in a couple uh, days or games. Um, but if you look at his stats, he hits and pitches, yes, but he's also one of the best hitters and pitchers in the game. Um, so I mean, if you were to, if you were to take away one of those, he'd still be one of the best. He'd be in the running for Cy Young. He'd be in the running for MVP every year. But because he does both. He is the MVP every year, so, and he doesn't matter at elite level. So, so I'm gonna circle this. I'm gonna I'm gonna circle this to. What do you think the Angels are gonna do with him? Keep him. Is, is, they can get nothing when they lose. Okay. Qualifying offer. Hmm. I all I'm saying is that Shohei mentioned he wanted to come to a um, competitive ball club, and I think he's written off the Yank. I mean the uh, the Dodgers. Uh, and I don't just, I don't think probably, probably I don't just, think he's gonna go to an East Coast team. I think he's gonna stay west. He's gonna stay on the West. I think, but I would hate it. I, he's I not hate going it to the Giants. No, I hate it because I think he's gonna end up in the NL West. Because I think wherever he goes, he's gonna be a Padre, a Giant, or a Dodger. I think he's. Gonna be I really two. think the really Colorado think. Rockies. No. Enter the Rockies. Hey. They're ready. Big bucks coming out. They're ready to spend. They haven't spent um, that much. Honestly, I think the Mariners are a really, really good idea for him. I think it'd be really, I, I really like that fit for both sides. But, I mean, Seattle doesn't have the biggest budget. This, I'm not saying about, money wise. I, I, throw I, throw money out the window. Pretend everybody could pay Shohei what he wants. I think Seattle's one of the best fits for him. Can you provide more reasoning behind just? I mean, that? okay, but. <laughs> With the condition that money doesn't matter, he's a fit everywhere. Yeah, I, everyone needs a Shohei. Him. We all need Shohei in our life. Like, I mean, what, you know what? what makes, put him, what makes put him on better? the Giants at this point. Yeah. Uh, career I, career uh, goes to crap. Nope. Um, over. Put him on. Put him on a team like the Giants, where we have no actual superstar, and he probably we'd probably be leading the the uh, AL and NLS right now. Like. There's no one really standing out as a superstar in this. Okay, game. but here's the thing: he adds 15 wins alone. That's what I'm saying. So I, I think put him on a an already competitive team without just two superstars on it, Angels, and and they'll probably become the best team in baseball. Um, that's it's pretty simple. Yeah, he's just adds you add the wins to you. I mean, God, I love this guy. I, I'm trying to get a jersey actually, but I don't want to get a 
Shohei Angels jersey because I don't think it's going to, you know, I'm not sure if it's going to keep its value if he leaves. Better Japan. I was thinking about that. I was thinking about that. And with the, I kind of want to say with this, the Angels and the wild card spot and the whole race in the American League right now, right? I think, is it safe to pull the plug on Cleveland right now? Um, Cleveland, as in like the entire playoff race? Yeah. No, it's not. Um, I think Minnesota's got the better skill, better talent on the roster, but they're they're only two and a half games back. Uh, I mean, they're not going to be a wild card team, obviously, Brad. But like, Minnesota's been very streaky this season. I mean, and I don't know exactly what that entails for them. You know, are they going to be because they could easily finish ten games over five hundred if they get hot, but they could easily finish third in the division, like, which is kind of embarrassing. I think if they just play to what they are, I think they're underperforming what they truly are right now. Yeah. I think they're actually, I don't think they're a American league playoff team, but I think they're a half decent baseball team. Like I, if I had to like just shout out a team that I think they're similar to, I think they're very similar to the blue Jays. I think the pitching balances, the twins pitching balances out with the blue Jays offense. Cause they're the blue Jays. Yeah. Like, I think the Twins pitching is fantastic. I think the Blue Jays' offense is pretty solid. Don't like the Blue Jays pitching outside of Gossman. And Bassett didn't have a good... Do you see the Blue Jays blow a seven-run lead today? They did that. Yeah. Um, that probably wasn't great for them. And then I don't like the Twins' offense right now because no one's really going. Buxton's been a real disappointment. Correa's been bad. Royce Lewis has been okay. No one's been very good. Joey Gallo's been good. He's just been hurt a lot. Uh, Alex Kirloff has been solid, but they're only letting him hit against righties. I mean, as a team, as an offensive unit, they have a WRC plus below league average. So that's not surprising. Um, I almost I, I almost think that having Buxton in center field makes him a better hitter for some reason. I don't know whether it's like the fact that he's running around, but he's been DHing more often recently, um, which is good for his health, you know. But when he's on the field, he hasn't been very good this year. Who's the Twins' first baseman? Joey Gallo. No, it's um. It, it is Gallo technically. It's uh the younger guy. Kirloff. No, um, what's his name? Hold on. Ryan Jeffers. No, that's their catcher. That their first baseman is Donovan Solano as perfect. Who is the best hitter on that team? He's he's got a no, Brad. Yeah. Brad, let me look him up. Let me look. No, I see it. I see it. I see it. Oh yeah! Oh man! Hold on, let me get this pulled up. Donovan saw. I looked up Brendan Donovan. I'm <laughs> oh, I'm on Brendan Donovan. Dude, this is great. No, I want. I've been wanting to talk about this guy for a while. Um, former Giant. Uh, this is where he learned all of his talents. He brought them, of course, to Minnesota. Um, but we got uh expected woba in the 87th percentile, which is above guys, um, that are pretty good. I don't have him pulled up right now, but that's pretty good. It's like he's better than 87% of the league or something. Um, obviously, he's been filling this archetype pretty well of a really horrible fielder that's just a good slap here. And, and look at this, Brad. For the first time in his career, the average exit velocity and hard hit percentage are actually high. He's wow. hitting the ball hard. And look at what's happening. He's he's doing the thing. Um, he hasn't hit a home – he's hit two home runs. Okay. But they were barely out. But it's okay because this is, this is Donovan Solano. He can get away with anything. And in age 35 season – He's just proven why he's got that longevity. Um, one of the greatest to play the game. Um, but I think the guy I was thinking of was actually uh, – shoot, is he on the uh... – oh, this team's missing a lot of players right now, actually, the Twins. Yeah. Uh, Tyler Maley, Ken Maeda. Chris Paddock was not that big of a piece, but uh, Jorge Polanco. Did he pitched this year? He didn't pitch this year at all, right? He's Chris Paddock had TJ last yeah. year. Ken Maeda did pitch and then went on the uh, – he actually had like numbness in his arm and then came back, pitched the next start pretty well, and then got injured. Gone. Um Max Kepler, Stev's favorite uh expected guy. <laughs> I I literally cannot remember what this guy's name is, but um I'll figure it out eventually. Al Farmer, Willie Casher, Ryan Jeffers. He's just not on the he's not on the roster anymore. That's what I'm saying. He's just gone. Well, my point was they have some pitching prospects. Uh oh. And... Uh oh. It's just a poly. I was, I was right trade? there with you, Brad. Poly hmm? trade. I'm just saying. 
sometimes think come full circle if even if we don't mean them to on our episodes. <laughs> well, I mean, if we're comparing side by side, Donovan Solano versus Paul Goldschmidt, I, I think I'm taking Donovan. I think this is the whole. This is the whole Cody. It was, it was 2020, and it was Christian Yelich, Donovan Solano, Cody Bellinger, Donovan Solano. So I think Donovan Donovan would be at the one that stays at first. I think Paul Goldschmidt would unfortunately have to go play at second base. Uh, we've all seen Paul Goldschmidt play second base. We all know what it's like. What about um, Edward? Combine the dish. Yeah, just move him around. He just play with Paul wherever he needs to play. I I think it's almost time to pull the plug on um Buxton being a DH. I think maybe considering putting Solano at DH and putting Goldschmidt at first, it would be it would be a game changer. I mean, Minnesota has I think the third best pitching staff in baseball, if not one of the the best. I mean, uh, behind like maybe two other teams. But if you get them if you get them some thump, I mean, they only need one thump. I mean, you've seen defensive focused teams like this win and it's possible i mean they, they've done a good job in this mini retool uh coming off 2019 and then sucking for two years and then you know coming back to this you know how Giancarlo stanton said he feels like he's more locked into the game when he's playing the field yeah that's what i'm just what i'm yeah for byron buxton hasn't played a single game in the field this year and he's been bad he has been bad. It's a he connection. Got, we, Tom, you talked about and you had him finally having a full healthy season this year and him being in the MVP race, right? And he's knock on wood been fully healthy, and he has been horrible. He's not on this like absolutely torrid one sixty two pace that he's been heralded for for the past four seasons. He's a average player. I, me personally, I would not like to sit in a dugout and then watch pitching like once every 30 minutes or, you know, 45 minutes. I don't think that's good for you unless you're like really a DH, like an actual true DH. I don't think Buxton's a true DH. He's too athletic to be a DH. He's one of the best defensive center fielders we've seen in the game. He's a true five tool player, arm, speed, power, contact, all the other ones, you know what I'm saying? Um, And I, I think putting him at DH is just, putting a block on the other the other tools you can only have a two stool a two tool a two two stool a two stool player two you can only have a two tool player if you if you limit him to dh and also where where yeah i i what i'm saying brad is that i think he'd be on not an mvp caliber season but a definitely better season in terms of war and production if he was in the field i'm not just saying that because of defense i'm saying that because it might also help his hitting I agree with that, but you also lose. Then you lose defensive Michael A. Taylor, which I would trade out Buxton being a 270 player with good defense for Michael A. Taylor batting 226 and playing good defense. Um, I I would not. Um, uh, Brad, do you do you, do you agree with me? I th- the thing is right. I think Stevs was saying that he would rather have Buxton be good and play defense than Michael Taylor yeah. be bad and play defense. That's exactly what I said. Oh, oh! I thought you said I thought you said I'd rather have Michael Taylor out there, and and just no. leave Buxton just stranded at DH. I um, mean, I mean, it's not a terrible idea to just kind of leave him there because I, I understand it. He might be able to figure it out, right? But it's also weird. he's going to get hurt there. Do his injuries actually happen in the outfield? Are they, are they usually happen on the base? No, he gets he got hit with a pitch last year. He wiggled his knee the wrong way. I'm not. I don't know, man. So it's not actually correlated to the field in any way. So I really do think it's. it's I just think it's because he plays with full intensity, so the probability of it goes up. Yeah. Hold on. Yeah. I'm looking. Yeah. Um, uh, what does it mean to have a high barrel percentage but not a high average exit velocity and not a high hard hit percentage? Uh, how, how is that possible? You hit the ball, but the when you hit it well, you hit it in the optimal launch angle, like you hit it between 10 and 30 degrees, and you don't have a high exit velocity because you either do that or you don't hit it hard. Because I'm seeing a, um, a trend between Buxton and Michael A. Taylor with high barrel rates, low exit velocity, low hard hit percentage. It's just weird to see. I don't know if that's something I that's have all of Buxton's thought. injuries since 2018. Okay. I'd like to hear them. 
Okay, uh, so go ahead. Start off with two migraines, uh, and then a fractured great left toe. Wait, uh, that was all in 2018. 2019, he had a knee injury, a wrist injury, a concussion, a shoulder injury, and another shoulder injury. In 2020, he had a left foot injury, a left shoulder injury, and a concussion. In 2021, he had an illness, a hamstring injury, a knee injury, a hip injury, and a hand injury. And then last season, he had a knee injury, a hip injury, two knee injuries back-to-back, another another hip injury, and this year he's had a leg injury and a ribs injury. Dude, one more and he gets a fucking purple heart. (laughs) I'm trying to think. What's an ankle? I don't don't think he's had an ankle injury. What about his left pinky? His weenus. I... You know, I thought there was elbow pain in there. There's no pain in your in your weenus. Side note, I found I was watching a video today, right? And there this guy who was doing a massage to his own arm. It was a pitching video, right? And he was talking about how he'd have like elbow pain right here. And I dude, my whole playing career, I had elbow pain like front side of the forearm, right? Like right in here. You Tom, I know Tom, you had it. it says, yeah. were you elbow or shoulder guy? I was a shoulder. My shoulder still hurts. <laughs> but like I like sometimes after I'd pitch, I'd go right for my funny bone just to like tingle my elbow to like make it stop hurting. And he pointed out that this is like this part of your forearm, right? Like if you this is tight, it causes elbow pain. So I'm in the shower, right? And I start pushing on it and I like keel over in pain. So long story short, I think my entire playing career, I was dealing with forearm tightness, and I didn't know it. I was dealing with the same thing, but I was aware of it, and it hurts. <laughs> uh, I, I finally remember the guy I was thinking of. I couldn't find him because he's not on the roster anymore. I don't. I I think he's in the minors, maybe. Jose Miranda. Oh, yeah, he got sent down. He had a good season last year, came up, played 35 games of pretty bad baseball, but not enough for me to say that he should have been sent down, especially considering their offensive struggles. Do you think it was a little bit of a jumping the gun? Uh, I think guys that have been filling his role pretty well. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I thought he had been really bad this year. I mean, he was bad. He batted 220, 275 on base percentage, 318 slugging at 593 OPS. That's not great. It's a very small sample size, though. You got to let, let someone get out of there. It's 132, 132 games. Yeah. No. I feel the thing. I mean, okay, he he doesn't have the same leash that someone like Jose Abreu has, who also has not been good. Oh yeah, but I mean, I mean, I I'd rather take Kyle Farmer or Royce Lewis. I mean, granted, Royce Lewis has a fifty-seven at bat sample size, um, and is batting two eighty-one, but I I would take either of them. I don't know how his defense is. How is? What am I looking at Jose Miranda? Jose Miranda oh, that, isn't that uh isn't that Lin Manuel Miranda's? Yeah. Yes, absolutely, Stavs. Um, but I don't know this offense. I do you think this is something that Goldschmidt could fix entirely by himself? I I think I think I'm saying yes, just because there are pieces on this offense that are slumping heavily right now. And if if you put another bat in the lineup, maybe the we'll get more pitches to see. I don't know. Here's the thing: right? sixth percentile of outs above average. Carlos Correa hasn't been great, and that's like their right-handed power elite bat, right? I think if he goes, the offense starts to go. But if he might need a catalyst or an ounce of protection in that lineup. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I mean, we talked about this during the offseason. I, I think Carlos Correa was in the running for the best shortstop in baseball. Um. And he's seemingly disappeared. I don't know if he spent so much time signing contracts in the offseason that he just forgot. But I, I, I really do think that he, he'll make a difference. You know, if given given that he actually plays at a Carlos Correa level. In the month of June, Correa has an eight thirty six OPS. He's doing better. Okay, so I mean, the catching. Do you think there's any catchers that can be moved at the deadline? I'm running through the numbers in my head right now. There are no active teams that have like really good catchers that are not good on are not on good teams. Uh, if that makes sense. White Sox no, Tigers no, Guardians no one would want. No trade. Nah. 
Um, Nats, no. Ooh, Elias Diaz of the oh, Rockies. Yeah. Very good. Very good thought right there. So, Elias oh. Diaz to the Rockies. Yep. Paul Goldschmidt. Wait, Elias Diaz to the uh, Twins and then Paul Goldschmidt. That would be a very active you know, trade deadline, but that would be a huge change. A huge On that change. same note, right, the Mets have Franco Alvarez, Thomas Nito, and Omar Narvaez, right? If the Nets, the Mets wanted to shake things up, you could deal Narvaez. Someone would pay for him. Yeah, I don't yeah. think Nito can get a major league contract anywhere else, but I think Narvaez is definitely a better option. Um, is he producing offensively as he was uh, a couple years ago? I have no idea, but I know he's a pretty solid defensive catcher, and those are good jobs anywhere. I still don't know what the Cubs are going to be at this deadline. Uh, they got Tucker Barnhart. They're in, the Cubs are another interesting one, just given the amount of players they have. like It would logically make sense for them to sell. They're not they, – they, they bought a team in the offseason for a two-year window that they were not ready for. So, so I think they should be sellers, but then again, I don't really have much faith in this team, to be honest. Stevs and Brad, you guys have more faith in this team, but I don't I, – I don't, I, I don't know if I have that right now. Exactly. I mean, I think they should be sellers at the deadline. If if they so, let's say they remain roughly where they're at, um, in terms of standings, they say about third, fourth, um, in that range. I think they should sell at the deadline, especially if they're still about four games back at that time. But if they are in the Reds territory, about half a game back, I would not. I I wouldn't. I don't know if I would sell, but I I don't think I would also buy. But I don't I don't want to hold because I don't like holding. Okay, to that argument though, I don't think there is as much of a difference as you're saying between a game out and four games out in the NL Central. One hot I week and agree with that. one hot week and you're in contention for that division. Yeah. The thing I'm looking at is right, that in terms of like one year contracts or just the structure of this team, Mike Talkman's not gonna be a part of the next good Cubs team. Ian Happ just got extended. Suzuki's there. Swanson's there. Bellinger's a free agent. I think there's a lot of teams that would pay a premium for a good left-handed bat, especially one who can play first base. And he's also a plus outfielder. Christopher Morell's a rookie. He'll be there. Jan Gomes has value. Nick Madrigal's horrible. Um, yeah, I wanted Tuck- to talk about, yeah, Jan Gomes. He's been a league average bat with above average defense. That's, you know, something that a couple teams could use, especially... Yeah, I was just saying, like, yeah. you got Jan Gomes, who you could trade. You got Tucker Barnhart, Trey Mancini, even though he's been horrible. You got Miles My- Master Beatty, who I don't know who that is. He's got fourteen or .014 service time. So I'm assuming kind of just one of our guys, a 4A player. Mike Talkman, he's weird, man. He was on the Giants. He was just a random spark plug on this team, and then he vanished the next season. Uh, and I see him doing the same thing on, on the Cubs. I'm Wasn't he a Yankee? He was a Yankee, and then he was a Giant, and then now he's a Cub. I'm pretty sure there's a team in between that. Um, Mike's oh. just doing his. He's just doing his thing. He's a journeyman. Dustin um, Steele started yesterday. How do you do? He did pretty good, right? Five innings, two earned, four strikeouts, one walk. That's not someone they trade. Um, no, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying in terms of their future because they've got Tyone locked up for three more seasons. I don't think anyone goes for Kyle Hendricks. Marcus Stroman's saying he wants to stay in that organization, but they're not doing anything on their behalf to be like, yeah, we want you too. Yeah. And then went and bought his teammates switches. Like that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, I feel I, I feel oh, bad boy. for him. I feel bad for him. I, I, I know Marcus wants to stay in Chicago, but. You know, I, I would take him as a as a Giants fan. I don't know if he wants I mean, to come. As a but... Nats fan, I would take him too. As a Cubs front office person, like if I'm not – this is not a team I can go to October and win with. Yeah. And given the fact that everyone needs a starting pitcher this deadline, every single contender needs a starting pitcher, you will have the Houston Astros – to the Los Angeles Dodgers, to the San Francisco Giants, to the Minnesota, not the Twins. But you will have almost every team, not, the Braves will be knocking on your door. You know the prospect that you could get from Marcus Stroman because just how 
how scarce the starting pitching market is this summer. I I agree. Uh, I mean, I think maybe the Cubs will will acknowledge that. But in the past, we've seen them do some pretty dumb stuff. I mean, they could do the same thing they did with Ian Happ and just do absolutely nothing at the deadline and then sign him the next season or in the offseason in this case. But it would be dumb to do that. It would be stupid to do that. They Marcus Stroman, while I, I like that he likes it on the team, is not a part of the future of this team. He's too old. I think this team won't be necessarily dominant for another three or four years. The thing is, he is sorry. Uh, what do you think about him like pulling like a Chapman and like they trade him, but then he comes back in the off season? I um, mean, the I thing think- is, he has a player option, right? And the thing, the point I was going to make was he's a smaller guy. It's not as difficult to maintain that body. And he does a lot to maintain the physical health of his body and the endurance of it. He's almost 33. And I think he's going to look for a four or five year contract. And I don't know if the Cubs are willing to do that. And if they're not willing to do that in the form of an extension, I'm not sure they're willing to do that in the form of free agency. Um, I do want to talk about a guy that is a part of their Cubs future, and that's Adbert Alzali. He's been doing really good this year. I mean, he's got a one nine seven ERA. Under the hood, he looks pretty freaking good. Um, I wanted, I just kind of wanted to hear your guys' take on him. Uh, he spelled Albert wrong. Um, but he's been good. He's been really good. I don't know about the sample size. He's been like a long relief type of guy. Yeah. I mean, even though he, he shouldn't good. be. Yeah, he but... really shouldn't. Um. Has he um, ever? I, I mean, hold on. Let's see. I mean, everything's kind of changed. I, I, Brad, has he incorporated new pitches or you know worked in the offseason somewhere? His spin's gone up a little bit, and his velocity's gone up a little bit. I mean, I know he's always had a pretty good slider, kind of a sweeper, but stuff plus at one hundred three. Fine. I think he's just a good bullpen arm. Hey, man, people like those, and you know what? They like even more. They like them when they're. <laughs> below the age of 35, which is what a lot of relievers end up moving. You know, like Craig Kimbrell, Kenley Jansen, guys that get moved. Did, did Kenley Jansen sign an off-season contract? Now, you know, yes. the, point, the point The point is a lot of a lot of relievers get traded when they're older. Not Al Advert, though. Advert would be someone that – how many years of team control does he have left? Probably three. He's yeah. a 2020 rookie. So uh, that's what I'm saying. That was my, my point. My point – you know, I, got, I was getting to the point, but then I took some, like, detours on the way. The point is he's young. And that 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 creates value. I, I I jumped around the point there, but I got to it eventually. Stavs. I was just I was I'm so confused. I don't know what he was talking about. Did you about. enjoy my little ramble there? Stavs? Um, because I literally started out with he's like the future for the Cubs. He's part of nah. he's probably going to be a part of that next championship type team. Um, and I definitely think he could be if he continues this because he's improved pretty much every single year that he's played. Who did? Who did he? Who did the, the uh, Cubs trade last season to the Yankees? A relief pitcher. Oh, Scott Efros. He has Tommy John. He was young though, right? He was on yes. the side. He has so, five years of team control. Exactly. So why don't they, they just do it again? Four. Not that much. Um. Well, there's a reason. What the there's Hayden Wesneski? Who has been bad? <laughs> he's he's been really bad. Um, but um, just wait for wait for uh, what's his name? Ed Howard to come up. Ed Howard, long story Ed. short, long story short, I watched the draft and I was like, this guy's not going to be good. And we've just been tracking it through the minors year by year. And he's never made it to the pros yet. So Tom takes, this is ancient. This is like four or five years ago, probably. Um, Hold on. I'm going to see where he's at. You can keep talking. I think, go ahead. Who is fourth in the National League in pitching war? Without looking. Fourth? Yes, uh, without looking. I'm okay. thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. Marcus Stroman. He is fifth. Oh, uh, oh you I mean like wanna... players, player-wise? No, pitching war. Uh, like No, but like not team team war, right? Yes. Like pitching, just individual? Okay. Uh, Justin Steele, right? Is it? No, no, no he's way low. He's, he's third. Like, get out of there. Um, third. Uh, who? Wait, it's not it's not Wheeler. That he's second, right? Yep. I don't know who's third though. I... Stevs? Is it Hayden Wesneski? It's Hayden no. Wesneski. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I uh, who is no it, Red? It's Michael Walker. 
He's been good. He's been good. His expected stats hate him. Wait, do they still yeah, hate him? They, yeah, they hate him. He just he allows soft contact, I think. Or maybe he doesn't. Maybe he just gets lucky. But he's been getting lucky for a while now. So maybe he's not bad. Um he's bad. No, he he he's he's a pretty soft contact guy. Brad, wait, did you just say he's bad? Did you just Yeah, that? yeah. I've been a Michael Walker supporter for a while now. He's on the um, Padres. How could you do that? How could you disgrace yourself like that? He's a he's a chill dude and I he's got a nice chase rate percentile if you're looking at his um his baseball savant. Um, it's probably because he's throwing ninety-two. No, it's, it's just it was sixty-nine. It was funny. Okay, but the oh. point is, um, they're not as bad as they were last season. He's funny. about league yeah. average in, in all those. What? I said funny, haha. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I I think he uh, he he yes. Steph, go ahead. Ed Howard is the Cubs' twenty-second uh, oh, prospect. God. Uh, he's in a plus ball batting 250 with a 656 OPS. He has improved every single season that he's played though. And that was since 2021. Bro, how bad was his first season? <laughs> he batted 225 with a 592 OPS. Last season was 244. He got called up to a plus last season, 244 with a 640 OPS. All right. That's a Tom take that aged very okay. well, like fine wine. Not really. I think I think I think he's 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 slowly making his way, man. He's gonna be a, he's gonna make it to the bigs. Are there any other like teams that we want to like kind of recap over right now? I mean, because the Cubs were a big topic of discussion during the preseason. Were there any other teams that we really argued over in the preseason that are now we can revisit? I mean, we talked about the Marlins a bunch collectively. I just don't think there's much to talk about there. I I the am happy that I'm happy that. The top half of that lineup looks good. The bottom half has been horrible. It's still oh. the worst offense in the National League, too. Yeah, because the, the bottom four guys are horrible. But you got Jesus Sanchez. You got Brian DLC, baby. You got Jorge Soler, Luis Arias, Jazz when he comes back, even though Jazz hasn't been good and he shouldn't have been the cover of, of MLB The Show. But that it's not a bad offense anymore. And, it, you know, talking about how bad they used to be in the past, I don't think – the bottom half is horrible. Have you seen the bottom half? That's like Nick Fortes, Joey Wendell, um, a couple of the guys that are, are more defensively focused. If they went out and filled that gap, you like know, they could be buyers. Uh, that's too late, Steps. Um, they, they, there are players that maybe could be moved. I don't think Trey, 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 Steph, not, not Trey Turner. Trey, Trey will not be moved. Um, he has a, he has no, a no, couple no, of years no, left no, on no. his contract. So he's got to wait like maybe 13 um, but no, I meant guy, you said fill if they had filled that oh, gap. I was thinking. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't well, really think that is filling a gap right now. Yeah, it's pretty bad, Stez. I want to talk. I want to talk about one more guy. One, one more guy on this team before before you guys go on your little rant. Braxton Garrett. Uh, there it is. Pitch, we watched him pitch a lot. Yep, Brad was waiting for that one. Look at his game log, Brad. Look at his game log and tell me that if he, I don't want to do the calculations by myself because that would take a long time. But he had one start, one start versus Atlanta with 14 hits and 11 earned runs. The rest of his starts, he pitched great, and I think he would be in that. In that, Brad, don't look at me like that. He goes deep into games. Tom, Tom, no, Brad. Look at look at look at the very next start. That's not a bad. It's a bad start, but it's not. <laughs> but no, 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 Brad. Yeah, his at, first start at, in May, or first start in June. Tom, right, you can, watched him pitch against the Washington Nationals yesterday. That that's not that's not very good. Competition. You're ignoring all the good teams that they played. Um, I, I'm, I mean, even those four run games are not that bad, and considering that he's allowed three or less runs, I mean, two or less runs in almost all of his starts except for three starts. That's. That's impressive. Uh, you're you're only looking at the bad, but look at Braxton. He's he's been going you know five or six innings every night that he pitches, and he's not been bad other than the three bad starts out of. Uh, I can check right now how many starts. Fourteen starts. That's a, he's he looks pretty good. And if you look at his peripherals, they don't look good because the Braves absolutely murdered this man and then set him on fire. Um, but if you take that away from him, I think he's one of the better lefties in the game right now. He's really he's got I don't know if I would go that far. Oh my god, that was loud in my ear, Brad. Sorry, I don't know. What what, I feel like that that one is a little bit of a stretch, but if you say he's probably a a good talent, then yeah, I can give you that. I mean, 
I, I think it's such a tank to his overall value. One bad game can really balloon your stats, or in this case, three. Um, but if Brad's doing the math, I don't know what he's doing. He's moving his hands around like he's doing the math. But I think that that adds up to an ERA around like three. And, and he's got a very good – I'll check. I think it was a really good K to walk rate. Okay, um, but this is through no fault of his own. But look at the teams he's playing. He's faced the Mets twice. He faced the Diamondbacks when they were okay, the Guardians. The two times he's faced the Braves, he's got seven and a third innings and 11 earned runs. Second time he faced the Diamondbacks, four earned runs. Faced the Reds before they got hot and pitched decent. Faced the Giants before they got hot and pitched good. Faced the Rockies and was iffy. Faced the Padres, and that that was a solid start. Royals, he got hit by the Royals. He did well against the White Sox and the Nationals. The White Sox during during June eleventh were hot. You remember that the little hot streak they went on? They were one of the hotter teams. Um, They were pitching good. It's out. It's out of their control. It's out of his control. Wait for him to pitch against a good team. Let's see. Uh, let's see who's got the Marlins next. I think they do have a real test. I think he might be able to pitch against Toronto. Do you think? Pitt, do you think Toronto or Pittsburgh would count as a real team? I would count Toronto. Would you count Boston as a real offense? I yes. think I would. So as an offense, he'll get. Sure. And then, and then, and then, guess where they're at after that? They're back in Atlanta. So we're gonna see Braxton. Said we'll, we'll revisit this. I'll write this down. I won't forget. Braxton Garrett. Um. Please prove me right. But I, all, all I'm saying is thus far, a 26% or almost a 27% strikeout rate to a less than 5% walk rate is very good. Um, sure. I just, uh, I don't know. I, I feel I like, like there needs to be more fine tuning around the edges. Yeah. yeah. And I also I don't see like. Go ahead, Brent. I think he's young, and there's still going to be some tweaks that they need to make, obviously. But it's the Marlins, and they're going to make the necessary tweaks to him, I think. He, I'm just looking pitch usage, right? He's got no overwhelming good pitch, just in terms of, like, run, in terms of run value. Yeah, I mean, the cutter does get a lot of jams, especially during a Nats game. Uh, it's a pretty good combo for him, at least. And it's I, got I think, a thirty-one percent whiff percent too. I I don't know. I I, I think Braxton Garrett has done a, a pretty decent job at filling the shoes of Trevor Rogers, someone that kind of has disappeared off the face of the planet and was a lefty on the Marlins. I think he got hurt. Yeah, uh, but he was last season too. Was not good. Um, did he win the Rookie of the Year in twenty twenty or was that? No, it was twenty twenty one, and he lost to Jonathan India. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah, man. Twenty twenty one was two years ago. Time flies, but lefty Marlins, he's been doing good. And thus the Marlins have been doing good. Are you still on the Marlins hate train? Do you think they're as bad as they are? Or do you think they're as good as they are? I just don't think that offense is sustainable. Uh yeah, I don't think Luis Arise's hot streak is sustainable. I think Okay, I disagree with that. Oh no. There's no reason to suggest what he is doing isn't sustainable. Besides the fact that hitting four hundred is ridiculously difficult what makes you say that though because a lot of his expecteds are below his it doesn't matter what okay what is the important part of getting base hits making contact putting the ball in play exactly and you if you hit if you look at medium hard hit rate if you got rid of 95 plus and you just looked at batter balls hit between 85 and 95 miles an hour luisa rises top in the league And for a guy like this, I don't care if he barrels up the baseball. I don't care what the average exit velocity is. Look at the expected batting average. It's right there. It is. And I think that's – can you check if that's the best in the league? I don't know if it's the it's best in the league. I think it's 99th percentile. Um, I mean, he, he does put the ball in play. But the thing is, with balls in play, where's his expected – Um, no, where's the well, – where's the – sorry. Um, batting average on balls in play. It's stabs trying to find yeah. it. Sorry, where did he find that on baseball savant? I have no idea. I, yeah, all. that's what I'm saying. I really could not find it. But the point is, I think his his that 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 stat is definitely higher than it should be. Okay, but the thing is, right? You have a contact hitter, and I think you guys were talking about it with Corbin Carroll, and how he is so heavily outperforming his expected woba. 
you have to take into account the different guys with different archetypes are either going to overperform or underperform expected woba like a guy who is just straight launch angle is going to underperform a guy who is line drives and is ridiculously quick is going to overperform a guy who is going to be slapping the ball around the yard hitting him whether or not is going to overperform that's what Luisa rise is it says he has a 404 babbit on the year so far so i mean putting the ball in play is going to lead to good things especially if you're Luisa rise and you have a good launch angle and you have a good you put the balls in the right place um but I don't think – I mean, I'm looking now, actually. Luis Arise has not always been a underperformer or an overperformer. He's used to be an underperformer, and I don't think much has changed. He's always had the same archetype of a low strikeout. I think he's just gotten better at what he does. But does that inherently make him now an overperformer and that changes his archetype, or do you think it's the same archetype? It's the same type of player. It's I know. Just but... so, sometimes luck's going to be on his side. Sometimes it's not. Like if you okay, if you sprayed a baseball up into the air a hundred times, right? Yeah. Sometimes you're gonna hit a line drive right in an outfielder. Sometimes you're gonna split a gap. Sometimes it's gonna be a routine pop up. Sometimes it's gonna land in that Bermuda Triangle. And right now he's just landing on those Bermuda Triangles. He's getting it in the gaps between outfielders. Like look at his spray chart. He's hitting it all over the field. He is hitting hard ground balls through the infield. Like. He he's doing exactly what he does. It's just sometimes people like him break us. I mean, yeah, in a time where the the inverse uh archetype is so common, it's it's refreshing to see this. You know, you got guys that are, you know, hitting a ball two out of every ten times and either walking, striking out, or hitting a home run. And you got guys like Luis Arias who I, I genuinely get excited when he gets up to the plate because I, I like watching a guy that has a chance to hit the ball every time. And the thing with him, right? As a pitcher, you're like, what do I throw him? He's He's been good at hitting every single pitch, if I'm not mistaken, except for, yeah, no, everything pretty much. He's seen a lot of pitches this year. But he doesn't been... have a whiff percentage of about 17% on a pitch. I would just walk him at that point. <laughs> and I don't think not... he's been that good. I don't, I, yeah, that's the thing. He's he's not walking as much, but his on base percentage is great because his average is great. And I mean, he give him, hmm? give, give him the discipline of like like Bryce Harper or something, and his on base percentage would be like 600. But I think that ne- that removes his batting average ability because he chases a lot. Yeah. But he gets the bat on the ball. If you look, he's in what is he, the 24th percentile yeah. in chase rate because he goes out of the zone, he just makes contact with it. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess Luisa Rise's batting bot batter's box is a lot I mean strike zone is a lot bigger for him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He is what Javier Baez could never be. Someone that actually makes contact with balls out of the zone. Oh, poor before we wrap this up, let's just do a check in with Javi Baez. Javi, I, I think I think he drove in a run or two yesterday. Uh ah, he's playing baseball. Oh god. Two thirty. Two thirty average. You might okay. not want to. You not. You might, might not want to open his oh, baseball so far. My goodness. He had two hits today. Uh, he had two hits today. Did he walk? Oh, he had a. He he went. He played baseball today. Oh my yeah, god! He hey, ninety-eight percentile outs above average, man. He's a shortstop. Hey, Eleven. We don't walks. talk about anything else. Eleven the walks. It's the How only thing that? we talk about. Okay, 11... if he was an ounce average this year. He could opt out and probably make more money in free agency. How much is he making AV right now? Uh, six one forty twenty eight twenty two twenty two twenty three. I don't know if he's going to be in the league if he opts out of this contract right now. So. Oh, he won't opt out of this contract because why would he do that to himself? But I'm saying if he was an ounce average this year, he's actually striking out significantly less. He's supposed to make. 25 next year for the he's supposed to make 25 next year and the following year and then 24 the next two I, so the batted ball profile looks no different really than, than in years past when he was actually good no he's just hitting it more often what do you mean he's like he's striking out I guess last year it's only 2% less but 
Yeah. He's just bad. I don't even know how to explain it. There's nothing I can really pinpoint, like, mechanically. Like, he's not popping the ball more often. He's not getting under it. He's just seeing the same pitches. The ball. He's a slightly more offensive version of Miguel Rojas, and we're paying Miguel Rojas $5 million. I mean, yeah. his, off, his defense has been great, but that's, they that's need, what you They need to it. give him the Miguel Rojas treatment and just have him take pitches. Yeah. That was Vargas, but yeah. Vargas, sorry. You're close. Bad. That's there's racist. No, there's two. There's two no, Miguel's. No, I, I, I mix. Miguelito. Anyways. That's canceled. That's canceled. <laughs> it's been an interesting time returning to the 4A Baseball Podcast. If you have enjoyed, please consider leaving a rating or review sharing with a friend it's been a minute since i did that sorry uh the the things where you interact with us the social media accounts they're down below go check them out appreciate you listening we'll see you all next time on the four baseball podcast Peace. Stay-